0: the apples of life from young folks library of choice literature legends of norse land edited by mara l pratt this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the apples of life part 1 among the gods in asgard dwelt the beautiful adun the goddess whose care it was to guard the apples of life. Idun, Odin had said as he gave into her hands the rosy apples, to guard these apples and keep them forever from all harm is to do a greater service for Asgard than even Thor with his mighty thunders or Baldur with his warm light can do. For these are the apples of everlasting youth. Without them, what would Asgard be more than the cities of Midgard or Jotunheim? What would the gods be more than the mortals of Midgard or the giants of Jotunheim? So guard them well, beautiful Idun, for to them you owe your beauty, even as we owe to them our never-fading youth. One day, when all was quiet and peaceful and happy in the city of Asgard, Loki, feeling within him the stirring of his own evil heart, betook himself to Midgard in search of mischief the peace and quiet of Asgard he could no longer endure. Then, too, it was to him a cruel delight to shoot his arrows into the lives of the helpless children of Midgard and make them sad. Oh, Loki was a cruel god! Surely, Odin would sometimes say, as he looked upon him and thought of the wretchedness that yet would befall on Asgard through Loki's wicked deeds, surely Loki was the spirit of a frost giant and the frost giants are bitter, bitter foes of Asgard. This day Loki longed for mischief. I will go down to Midgard and find some happy heart to sadden," said he, his eyes shining with their wicked delight. Down the rainbow bridge he hastened, and with a light bound sprang upon a bright tree in the beautiful land of Midgard. Who are you? he cried, seeing in the tree beside him a great white bird. But the bird made no reply. He only winked and blinked and stared at Loki and crooned and pruned his feathers. Do you not know a god speaks to you? stormed Loki, growing angry even with a bird. Still, no answer. Was there ever such a stupid bird? Indeed, like the people of Midgard, you seem to have no wisdom, sneered Loki, and determined to vent his evil mood. He seized a branch and began to beat the bird. Then a strange thing happened. The bird, who all this time had seemed so stupid, too stupid even to fly away, now seized upon the bough and held it fast. Loki pulled and pulled with all his godlike strength. He could not move it. It was as if held in the grasp of a giant. Stupid bird! sneered Loki when he found he could do the bird no harm. "'I will not stay in the tree with such a stupid creature!' "'A strange sound, almost like a laugh of triumph, "'squeezed itself out from the beak of the big bird. "'Go, Loki, go at once. "'Go back to Asgard, "'or perhaps you would like to go with me to Jotunheim,' "'spoke the bird at last. "'And as he spoke, he spread his wings "'and arose high in the air. "'Alas, alas for Loki, as the bird rose.' Heroes too, nor could he free himself. He screamed. He fought. He begged. He strove with all his godlike arts to free himself, but all in vain. On, on they flew, the burden Loki, across the sky, over and under and between the clouds, across the great wide sea, at last across the snow white peaks, down down to a castle in Jotunheim, in the land of the mighty frost giants, the terrible, the dreaded enemies of the gods. "'Let me free! Let me free!' foamed Loki, struggling against the bird, whose magic held him fast. "'I will never let you free!' answered the bird, throwing off his disguise and standing forth a giant foe. "'I will never let you free!' except on one condition. I grant it, I grant it, whatever it is, I grant it, cried the coward, caring for nothing but to free himself. The condition is this, continued the giant coolly, I will let you free if you will bring me, without delay, the apples of everlasting youth, the apples that Idun guards and watches over, "'locked so closely in the golden casket in the city of Asgard. "'Loki stared. "'He caught his breath to give up the apples of life, "'the fruit by which the gods were kept forever young and strong and beautiful. "'That was too great a thing to ask, even of Loki evil as he was. "'There are no such apples,' answered he, "'trying as cowards always do to hide himself behind a lie.' There are no such apples. Very well, answered the giant, opening a great dungeon door and thrusting Loki in. When you are ready to do what I say, you may come out. Never until then. The great dungeon door creaked upon its terrible hinges, and Loki was alone. A prisoner at the mercy of the frost giant. Loki howled and beat against the walls of the dungeon. ''Are you ready to do what I asked of you?'' asked the frost giant, opening the great door the next morning. ''There are no such apples!'' cried Loki. ''On my honour as a god, I swear it!'' The giant made no reply. The heavy door creaked again, and Loki was alone. ''Are you ready to do what I asked of you?'' asked the frost giant, opening the great door the second morning. "'Anything in all, Asgard, O oh giant, I promise you! "'Anything but the apples!' cried Loki. "'The giant made no reply. "'The heavy door creaked again, and Loki was alone. "'Are you willing to do what I asked of you?' said the frost giant, "'opening the great door the third morning. "'One of the apples, oh giant, I might steal from a dune "'and escape with before the fruit was missed,' Loki began. The giant made no reply. The heavy door creaked again, and Loki was alone. "'Are you ready to do what I asked of you?' asked the frost giant, opening the great door the fourth morning. "'Yes! Two of the three apples will I promise to bring you. With even one left, the gods might be content, for even then their lives would be far longer than the life of mortals.' The giant made no reply." The heavy door creaked again, and Loki was alone. "'Are you ready to do what I asked of you?' asked the frost giant, opening the great door the fifth morning. "'Yes,' answered Loki meekly. "'Are you willing to bring the apples of life?' "'Yes.' "'And you will bring all three of them?' "'Yes.' "'And you will bring them at once?' "'Yes.' Go then, I will go with you. Outside the walls of the shining city, I will wait for you to bring the apples to me. Then putting on the guise of birds, the two set forth, reaching the gateway of the city, just as the sun-god was pouring down his flood of red and golden light upon the shining spires. The whole city lay bathed in the sunset splendor. Idun said Loki, going directly to her. It is well you guard so closely these golden apples of life. Without them we should grow old and die, even as wretched mortals grow old and die. Indeed, it would fare ill with us if harm came to these precious apples, answered Idun. See the rich bloom upon them? If that were lost, then would our bloom be lost as well. We should grow old and wrinkled. Yes, answered Loki, And still, it seems very strange, but outside the gate of our city, just on the outer walls, are growing apples, looking so like these I cannot tell them one from the other. Bring your apples with you, and let us see if they are alike. If they should prove to be, I will gather them for you, and we will put them all together in the golden casket. How strange, thought Adun innocently the frost giant in his great bird guise wheeled round and round impatiently awaiting the coming of a dune and the apples hardly had the gates closed upon her when down he swooped seized her in his great strong beak and flew with her across the sea to his home among the mountains the days rolled on and on the sun god rose and drove his chariot across the sky, and sank behind the distant purple hills a thousand times. There was a gloom, a shadow over Asgard, for the gods were growing old. The life gone out of their eyes, their smooth round faces grown thin and peaked, their step was halting, and the feebleness of age was falling upon them. It is Loki who has done this, It is Loki who has done this, thundered Thor one day, when from old age and weakness he had been defeated in battle with the now ever-youthful giants. It is Loki who has done this, and we will bear it no longer. Look at Odin. Even he grows weak and bent and trembling. He is like the old men in Midgar. He, Odin the old father. Thor's indignation waxed stronger and stronger. He set forth in search of Loki. I will not even wait for him to come, he thundered, seizing his hammer and setting forth. I shall find him, the evil-hearted somewhere making mischief among the innocent people of Midgard, said he. Henceforth, O evil-hearted, cruel Loki, burst forth the angry Thor. Henceforth Thor guards the walls of Asgard. Midgard, the skies, he shall forsake. No more will he brew storms, never shall the thunder roll nor the lightnings flash, for Thor will watch forever upon the battlements of Asgard, the approach of the evil god who has brought such grief upon us. Never shall he enter the gates of the city again. Let him dare approach even to the Golden Gates, and Thor will smite him with his mighty hammer.' Loki quailed before the fury of the great god Thor. To be an outcast from Asgard, even he could not bear. Spare me, spare me, whined the cowardly Loki. Spare me once more and I will go again to Jotunheim. I will bring back a dune and the three apples of life. Thor stood looking at the cowardly Loki. He longed to strike him with the hammer, to kill him with his thunderbolt, to scorch him with his lightning-arrows. But evil as he was, Loki was immortal. He was the son of Odin. Go then, you mischief-making, evil-hearted son of unhappy Odin. Go, and whether success is yours or not, remember Thor guards the walls of Asgard and watches with his thunders for your return. Never, never as long as Thor wields the mighty hammer and holds the powers of thunder and lightning shall loki enter the golden city without the golden apples of immortal life without another word loki put on his guise of a great white bird and sped across the sea and sky again to the land of jotunheim straight down he swooped upon the castle of the giant who all this time had kept idun in prison in a strong walled tower of solid rock the giant was out upon the sea and it is well for me thought loki that he is. No power in Midgard or in Asgard could wrest these precious apples from the giant's grasp. One quick look out over the mountains and down upon the sea, and Loki seized the Dun in his talons, changed her at once into a nut, the apples safe within the shell, and swept away towards Asgard. But alas for Loki, the giant had heard the whirr of the great white wings. Leaping to his feet in his boat, he scanned the sky with his sharp giant eye. It is Loki, it is Loki, bellowed he. Catching sight of the great white bird among the clouds, It is Loki, it is Loki, no bird of Midgard flies so high nor sweeps the air with such mighty wings. With one great giant pull, he shot his boat upon the shore. With one great giant bound, he struck the mountain top. THE APPLES OF LIFE, THE APPLES OF LIFE, HE THUNDERED, GONE, GONE, THE APPLES OF LIFE ARE GONE. One second, and putting on the guise of a great grey eagle, he shot up into the sky in swift pursuit of Loki. The sun god hid his chariot behind a cloud that the shadows might protect and cover Loki. Thor sent forth his thunder. The skies blackened. The wind beat back the great grey eagle. The lightning staggered and blinded him. Still on and on he flew, gaining in spite of all upon the track of Loki. Every eye in Asgard was strained. Every giant in Jotunheim stood breathless upon his mountain. The great round faces of the giants grew tense. The wrinkled aged faces of the gods grew pale. It was a terrible race. It was a race for life and health and everlasting youth. Build fires upon the walls. Heap up the brush. Stand ready with the tapers, cried Odin, who foresaw the end. The brush was heaped. Each god stands ready, his haggard face growing whiter and thinner with fright and dread and eagerness. Already the rush of Loki's wings are heard. The eagle follows close. Nearer and nearer they come. Closer and closer is the race. One moment more. One second. The frightened eyes of Loki can be seen. So near he is. Thor sends his blinding fire once more across the eagle's track. It reels. For an instant it falls back. And at one second, with one last mighty stroke, Loki clears the walls and falls, exhausted, breathless, almost dead upon the golden pavement of the city. The fires! The fires! The fires! cried Odin. An instant, and there rises from the walls great sheets of blaze. The brush crackles and snaps and sends up great tongues of fire. The eagle, angry, desperate, and blinded by the lightning, sweeps on straight towards them. Like a foolish moth, he bears down upon the city into the very heart of the blaze. A sudden crackling, a cry of pain, a cloud of black, black smoke and the great gray eagle falls a helpless mass upon the pavement beside the breathless loki the haggard faces flush with hope and joy the apples are safe a has come back the apples again are theirs and life and joy and eternal youth once more are with them now the goddess of music bursts forth again in song the god of poetry pours forth his melody a feast is spread, and the gods and goddesses once more eat of the wonderful apples of life. The colour comes back into their faded cheeks. Light again flashes from their eyes. Youth and health and strength are theirs again. Peace reigns once more in Asgard. End of the Apples of Life From Young Folk's Library of Choice Literature, Legends of Norseland, Edited by Mara L. Pratt Recording by Annie Mars.